Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. I feel like it's been a month since I've done one of these, and yet, it's only been a week. It's only been a week. It feels like forever, though. Uh, hi, 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 hi. I am, of course, your host, Mark Kushnez, and like clockwork, like I wanted to say oranges there before I said clockwork. And then I thought to myself, what the fuck does that mean? And it means nothing. So, like clockwork, like oranges, like usual, I am going to talk about some games. Maybe some movies and TV shows. Get to the Patreon questions, which we almost had none of. We almost had none of until Jedi swooped in like a little dirty Sith and just fucking sliced and diced me all up and down with his question. Not really, but uh... You did ask a question before the deadline, and then Lunchbox popped in and was like, hey, 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 I know it's late, but I just want to say something, and then he said something, but we'll get to that when we get to that. First off, what have I been watching? <laughs> not, not, not a whole hell of a lot, really. Let me think. I tried Double Jeopardy, which could have been all right, but it wasn't quite... On the level of dumb, fun, stupidness that Gone Girl is. It's a, it's a fine line. But Double Jeopardy was a little bit too stupid. And the plot points, the various beats in the story, and the convenientness of some of the things that were happening. It was just a bit all too stupid. It's too stupid. The whole thing, the, the fact that... She was convicted of murdering her husband, but he didn't actually die. He didn't get killed. And there's all this ploy with her best friend. They're living like, I don't, I don't see how this passes the sniff test. What is he doing? How, where is he hiding? Like, fuck off. All right. Fuck off. Especially since the kid is involved. She has a kid and the kid's involved and the kid knows it's his dad. His dad is still looking after him. I, I can understand the kid when he was at that very young age, not realizing that his mom was convicted of murdering his father, and yet his father's still alive. But he should be, because six years passed when she gets out on parole, which I don't know how the justice system works and what the usual sentencing is, but for someone who is convicted of murdering, I think... I think it was in the first degree. I, I don't know what her exact uh, sentencing scene was. But after six years getting out on parole, that seems fast for murder that was likely in first degree. I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not. I haven't studied lately. But... It's just uh, the kid. The kid is one of the biggest plot holes of the whole thing for me, and the fact that when he gets to be fucking a little bit older, thirteen, and like, what are you gonna tell him? He's like, where's mommy? <coughs> or why? Why was mommy in prison? She's not in prison anymore. She's in parole. But why can't I see her? Why can't I talk to her? What's going on? Well, why was she in prison again for? What did she do? She killed you? Oh my god! Really? You're still alive. Why did you fucking tell anyone that she didn't kill you? She wouldn't have to spend all that time in prison. Ugh. 
What, what is the like? Just get rid of the fucking kid. Put him up for adoption. There's no way you can get around it. It's literally no way. There's no way the kid's not gonna ask about his real mother. He's old enough to remember her. So is like, like, how are you gonna get what? I, it's, it's fucking. It's stupid. I hate it. Fuck that shit, man. Fuck it. Then. I didn't, I didn't realize I felt so strongly about that movie. What else did I watch? I, I watched about half of Escape from Alcatraz with Clint Eastwood. Because it's getting a 4K release. Blu-ray. UHD soon. And I wanted to see if it's worth checking out. It's a Clint Eastwood movie of that era that I've never seen. And I could have stayed not seeing it. It's... It's okay, but it's entirely predicated on how cool you think Clint Eastwood is. It's rather slow moving. It's kind of boring. I didn't really get attached to any of the characters. And yeah, it's a movie about breaking out of Alcatraz, which I think is loosely based on the true story of the breakout, the first breakout. But... The whole time I was watching it, all I could think was, I'd, I'd rather be watching Shawshank Redemption. Why am I not watching Shawshank Redemption? I should be watching Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption also looks nicer, and it's got Morgan Freeman. Clint Eastwood? You Is Clint Eastwood better than Tim Robbins? That is a good question. I think Clint Eastwood is very good in spaghetti westerns and just westerns in general. Is he good in anything else? I, he was okay. I, I, he's a fine Dirty Harry. I just, the first, I've only seen the first Dirty Harry and the antagonist and the story in general wasn't as good as him in the role of Harry. If my memory serves me correctly. But outside of Outside of the, the the westerns, have I liked Clint Eastwood in anything else? I don't think so. I don't think so. I wouldn't mind checking out that Space Cowboys movie because it's got a great cast. And that could be some good old dumb fun. Like dad jokes and the whatnot. Like, 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 like. Hey, live in large. Likey, likey, likey. But uh, outside of that... I am deep into Deep Space Nine, and I am loving it. It is so good. There are a few annoying characters. Really, the only character that annoys me is when they focus on... What's his name? Quark. Quark's nephew? And this is something that any show is going to struggle with when they focus an episode or focus on kids. Because kids... I love you, parents. I love my father. You, you do God's work or whoever's work. I don't fucking know. But you know what I do know is that kids suck. I sucked as a kid. You sucked as a kid. Your kids fucking don't suck. But I sucked. And you didn't suck as a kid either. But I, like, no. I don't, no. Kids. No. No, 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 no. It's just kids and kid actors it's a, it's a, it's, it's a tough thing. And when you're dealing with a Ferengi kid, oh boy. I mean, Quark has turned me around on Ferengi's, not in general, but in terms of Ferengi's name Quark, 
I think he's a fantastic character. And that's that's really all I want to say about Deep Space Nine so far. I'm about through with the first season. But because of its more geared direction towards becoming a serialized show with ongoing storylines and not just being episodic, instead of having these paper cutout characters, these stereotypical characters, these just general stereotypes like we had in The Next Generation and the original series, we have full-fledged characters. We have rounded characters who have their faults. They have their strengths, their weaknesses. They feel real. And I really, really like that about the show. I like the fact that the captain is a single father and not a single father due to separation, divorce, or anything of that ilk, but due to a tragedy, due to a trauma, which will surely crop up as the series continues. And the show in general has a more serious vibe to it, even though there are a lot of light moments. There is an undertone throughout it already that, like, this is, this is, there's, there's something more here. This isn't just fun adventuring through space, discovering new aliens, new planets, new life, and all of that, because it takes place on a space station as opposed to a ship that is going around and trekking. So, I'm really, really, really liking it. It even had an episode with Deanna Troy's mother, who I fucking hate so much, and she's still pretty annoying, but she was kind of good in it. Like, how does that happen? And on the on the point of characters, too, before I wrap up the Deep Space Nine chatter, back to Quark and the Ferengi, the Ferengi were so fucking annoying in The Next Generation, and yet here, with Quark, Finally, they've done more with the Ferengi than just treat them as this really, really simple stereotype. And Quark has a bit of a Han Solo vibe to him. A bit mischievous. Uh, I, 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 I like Deep Space Nine a lot, and I'm just excited to continue watching it. I don't think this show gets enough love and attention when it deserves it, even though I did see quite a few lists out there, at least, that put it as the number one series. So, I guess uh, amongst the Trek hardcore, the Trekkies maybe, I don't know. Like, this is maybe a little underdog. A little underdog. That's it in terms of what I've been watching, so let's get on to what I've been playing. Starting with Afterwave Downfall. So this is a simple shooter, like a shmup, shmup e, where you're riding in a little. It's not an inner tube, I don't believe. This is a little watercraft thing, though, and you can play it with another person. Very simple, jaggy visuals. Very polygonal-ish, but not quite. PlayStation-y looking just very, very jagged. They're not smooth. And it's a very colorful, kid-friendly aesthetic and style. And you're going around, riding this river, essentially, going upstream, 
going just you're going up you're going that way you're not coming down you're going up 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 and away but you're 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 going that way shooting fish and pink teddy bears and squid and other creatures while you're doing it all it's very very simple it can get a bit hectic but it's fun for what it is it's fun with another player i played a bit with my dad he was having fun with it it's very accessible and generous with the continuing system in that as long as one of the players is alive the other person can come back with about a half to two-thirds of their health without any penalty or having to restart a level if you both die then you'll have to restart a level the easy mode is four levels for the story mode. Normal is seven. The hard is then 10. And you can only play easy at first and then you unlock the rest as you beat the previous difficulty. There is an upgrade system which allows you to upgrade general attributes like bullet damage for all of the various pilots or pilot specific upgrades can also unlock new pilots through that system it's pretty simple pretty straightforward not gonna blow anyone away not gonna be on anyone's game of the year list or anything but if you want something that is fun simple you can play with a friend your kid etc it's it's good for that it's it's it is what it is. It is. It's a fine game. It's fine. It's fine. Then Papercut Mansion is a roguelite where you play as a paper cut out boy in a paper cut out world. And you go around interacting with the objects, rotating them until you find some coins under them or in their drawers. And then you get the coins and you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to be doing with these coins. You go around in this house and sometimes when you interact with an object a ghost will come out and it'll chase you until it disappears and you can't attack it so you just run away 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 until it disappears and sometimes it takes a while to disappear and you're like well this is fucking boring and you'll have a few puzzles and things where you have to look at a piece of paper and it's got a few arrows on it and then you got a lock and you open the lock by moving the arrows in the way that they were on the piece of paper and then you talk to some dude and he's like, hey, go through this fucking rift. And if you go through the rift, you get a candy cane shotgun or whatever the fuck it was that shoots slow ass bullets at enemies who walk at you in a crawl. And they just don't fucking sometimes they take a lot of bullets. And some of them are very bullet spongy, but you just hold the left trigger and you press A or some shit. I don't remember what the controls were, but it locks onto them and you just press and hold the button and you just shoot them until they die. There's no hit back or knock back to the bolt so you just walk back slowly while you're doing this and you go from room to room get some more coins maybe find another ghost talk to these people who have nothing interesting to say and uh oh yeah it also just runs like fucking shit holy crap i love the look of this game it doesn't play particularly well just in terms of the actual gameplay ignoring any performance issues but i don't know what's going on with this game it runs horribly. I'm playing on the Xbox Series X. It 
just, it, it's weird. It can't be running at a smooth 60 frames or 30 frames. I don't know what frame rate it's running at, but there's this weird, I don't know how to describe it exactly because it's not exactly a stutter or a jitter or anything like that, but there's this weird distortion that I feel when I play it that makes it look fuzzy. Like you're moving at a certain speed or it's expecting you to move at a certain speed, but the display is not updating at the same speed. And there's this weird offset thing going on. I'm not exactly sure, but it was giving me, a, not, it wasn't giving me a headache. It was making me feel sick to the point where I thought if I was more easily nauseated by stuff like this, I'd throw up if I was more prone to motion sickness. I'd probably throw up, but since I am pretty good with that, it was just making me kind of sick and not enjoying the experience at any point, which is a bit of a shame because it does have a nice look to it. And I like the general setup of it, of a roguelike going from room to room and looking around it. You have this little blue locust or butterfly that follows you. I think it's a moth. And... When it perches on the wall and starts doing its little hummy hum, it, it's signifying that there's something important in the room, which is a nice little thing to be there and help you out when you're maybe a little confused. I don't like the fact that there's no mini map so you can see what rooms you've been to and just a layout of the map in general. There are no settings in the pause menu. Hate fucking that. Always hate that. But when you enter this realm, when you switch to the realms where you can actually fight back against these enemies that don't exist in the other realm, so it doesn't really matter. Only the ghosts exist in the other room or in the other realm. It feels horrible. So it's, pretty, it's, just, it's just a pretty boring game when you, or even when you ignore all the performance issues that at least I was having on Xbox. The combat was not satisfying in any way shape or form it was very very dull very very slow in no way challenging and just felt like it was in the way the whole time but then again nothing matters the game could have been incredible because those performance issues at least for me were making me feel sick then we got war pips war pips is a mobile ass seeming game where you control an army and you're going from or you're attacking these various islands trying to overtake them get to the enemy base of them the final section of them and you can choose which territory you fight you'll see what the enemy will be sending your way in terms of troops and what rewards you'll get in terms of troops or whatnot if you win that battle so the, the layout, the, the map layout is very risk-esque. And when you set out to attack a territory, you choose what troops and whatnot you want to deploy. This includes, again, troops, but also stuff like bags, sandbags for cover, turrets for defense, rockets, and, and, and stuff like that. These are all limited use items in your your army or whatever you want to call it so if you have 
three times or three cards, three packs of the general troops. You can deploy them three times if you never run into them as a reward for another battle or they don't show up in the store. You also have an upgrade system in there that allows you to increase the various attributes for your vehicle classes, your support classes, etc. And when you actually do deploy into a battle, it's all auto-battling. So the way it works is that you've probably played similar games like this. I, I think Castle Storm was of this ilk on Xbox and Awesome Nuts. I feel like Awesome Nuts was it. But you'll, you'll once I describe what the fucking game is. So the way it works is that when you're in the actual battle, you have your base on one side, your base is on the left side, and then the enemy base is on the right side. And how you attack is by just spending currency, spending money to hire troops who will then just go to the other side of the screen on their own, attack enemies as they crop up. And if there are no enemies, they'll get to the base and then they'll attack the base. And the goal is to destroy the enemy base. The longer it takes you to destroy the enemy base, enemy base, the stronger the enemy's troops will become. So it's in your best interest to find a strategy to destroy the base as quick as possible so that you're not dealing with tougher enemy troops. And you're just doing this with the money you earn. That is just slowly building up as you play it. It works on a specific timer, so it's not sped up or slowed down at any point. It's, it's going at the same rate. And as you earn XP during a battle, you'll unlock medals, which you can use to increase the strength of your troops as a whole, all of them, just for that particular battle, or increase the number of troops you can send out at, at one time, because you start off, that the default is four. There's upgrades that allow you to, I think, start off with more. And you can use the medals to increase that, to increase the strength of your troops, or to get a quick hit of cash to allow you to recruit a bunch of troops real fast and not have to wait for it to build up. And that's all you're doing. You recruit your troops and then you watch them play out the, the match, the battle. You have no control over who they target, what they target, what direction they go in, because some levels will have two different uh, layers basically like a high point and a low point you can't tell them to go to the high point or the low point it seems like depending on what the troop is they'll just naturally go towards one or the other you can't place them defensively or, or anything like that and that's the gist of the game I completed and cleared one island and I was pretty bored by it I, I think part of the problem is that it's not a game that works well on a big screen TV playing on an Xbox or a PlayStation. It's much more suited to the Switch or a handheld device in general. Uh, I think if this game isn't available on iPad or on iOS, just or on mobile, you know, Android too. Don't I don't want to hate Android, but that would be a great way to play it. I think I would enjoy it much more if I was playing it in some kind of portable fashion or on the go, where I just want to do a quick little thing, because the matches don't take that long. But sitting down and playing it like I would with a more meaty game, 
it, it, it struggled to keep my attention. It's got a great pixel aesthetic. I love the look of it. I love the visuals. I don't know exactly how you describe this particular pixel style, but it is similar to stuff like Super Brothers, that game, Swords, Swords and Sorcery, or even the mobile game Tiny Tower, whatever that was. Something in that realm where you got stick figure looking characters and whatnot. But it it's fine. It, it, it's good at doing what it's doing. It's just not a great sit down and play on a big TV type of game. It is a much more mobile on the dough, uh, on the dough, on the go game, baby. And then also one last thing, the sandbags that I mentioned, you can place them in front or at the farthest troop you have on your, your side. I could not for the fucking life of me, figure out how to place them. It would never let me place them. I don't know if the game's bugged or some shit. The same with certain anti-personnel turrets, anti-vehicle turrets, or rocket launchers. I brought one with me on this one map because I knew it was going to be fighting against vehicles. I'm like, I'm going to need this. It's going to be great. I had the, the money I needed, and I saw the little points on the map where it's like, here's a yellow, here are a bunch of yellow dots, and these are where you can place it. And then the item would turn green when it was in the correct positioning but when i pressed the fucking button to place it it never placed it ever no matter what i fucking went all around the fucking goddamn battle area and i'm like what the f let me fucking place the goddamn thing man let me place it let me place it and it will let me place it so actually fuck you warpips no it, it isn't it's an all right game it's just yeah I, I don't know if it's on switch but if it's not Switch, I'd, I'd also rather just play it on PC than and have a bit more control using a mouse uh, than an than a analog stick. Then we've got Fueled Up, which is an overcooked etc-like where you and a friend or three, I probably I'm assuming it's up to three other people, a uh, four-player game, I'm assuming. But I played a bit of it with my dad. And this is a game where you are on a spaceship and you have to keep it fueled and keep it from getting too far into disrepair, keeping the airlocks closed while a giant squid in space is chasing after you, all Cthulhu-like. There will be points in later levels where the dark mist will cover up the whole screen and then things will be in different places or... A little baby squid will latch on and close off a pathway so that you have to take the long route for the rest of the level. And the basic gist of what I played so far is fueling, of course, because it's called Fueled Up. So keeping sure and making sure that your ship is fueled and able to keep going so that the giant squid won't be able to catch up to you. And making sure the airlock is powered so that you don't get sucked out of your spaceship. And then picking up asteroids to throw them into a shredder so that they don't blow up and create a giant pool of slime all over the place that slows you down and makes you move faster 
and fixing holes in the hole, holes in the hole. And it's all pretty simple and straightforward. And it's all right. It's all right. The problem with this is that for me, games like this, they need to have some element of silliness, of ways of having ridiculous things happen and moments of fun. There has to be something funny about it and there's not there's not anything funny and fueled up. You won't be doing anything super silly or over the top outside of laughing if your friend gets sucked out of the airlock. But when you think about games like this, to me, maybe the highest mark one is moving out. The way in which you can move the furniture, how things can play out, dealing with traffic. There are a lot more uh, ways in which something like moving out can lead to these really funny moments. There's nothing of that in what I played in Fueled Up. It is strictly a, we've got to work together. There are instances where somebody might have to stand on a button to open a pathway so they can get to a room. And that's fine. But when we have so many games like this, you need to have something unique mechanically or just have something in your your concept your setting that is super silly and ridiculous that makes it fun despite its redundancy i don't know 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 but uh yes it's okay it's it's a fine one of those it it plays well and all that jazz it it feels good it's it's simple straightforward my dad can play so that's that's a, says something but I don't know why we would play this over similar games. So that's that. Then Shadow Remastered Deluxe, which I believe was a PlayStation exclusive when it originally came out and now is on Xbox and probably Switch too, but I played on Xbox and I was excited about this because I like Breakout. I like Arkanoid. But I think I'm realizing more and more with Breakout and Arkanoid and all these type of Brick Breaker games. I liked them when I was a kid. And despite many instances where I don't enjoy games like that today, I still have those memories and think I like these games more than I do because I was bored as fucking shit playing this game. One of the the, the things that makes it unique is that you have this sucking and blowing mechanic. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Get your fucking laughs out of the fucking way. But it allows you to manipulate the ball after you've shot it and it's, in the wild doing his thing, breaking bricks and breaking blocks and whatnot. But that whole system, I felt like it was more annoying than beneficial. I, I didn't like it. And part of it is because it never quite, I never quite got a grasp on it. And I'm just a fucking idiot, probably. But it has the same problem that many games like this have, which is when you get down to a brick or two, having to hit those can get annoying. And I got into so many instances where 
okay, I'd be shooting the general rush. I'm like, wait, how do I, do I suck or blow to move it, to manipulate it in the right direction? And I maybe half the time got it right. So that just became frustrating. But even ignoring that when I, so when it started to click, cause it did start to click, I, I started to realize, oh, it's, it's less about my sucking or blowing and more about my position in terms of the ball. It's sucking. I forgot now it's a ball and I'm sucking and blowing it. <gasps> Fuck you, Shatter, man. Holy crap. It, I just, I was so fucking bored. And part of the problem too with the boredom is that in the story mode or whatever the hell I was playing, I just played the default first option mode. It is very good. Very, very good. Too fucking good at giving you extra balls when you are low or have none left. Because you'll get power ups that will make your ball go through pieces or makes it more maneuverable, etc. But you also get a power up that gives you extra balls when you are low on them. And the game always does this whenever you are low. And it is quick to give you one right away when you lose a ball. And because of this, it means it's really hard to fucking lose at the game. And I just kept going and going and going. And I got to the third world or I may have finished that one and gotten to the fourth. And it was that at that point, I don't remember how far I was. I, I know I at least completed the, the first two levels, the first two worlds in their entirety. And I eventually got to a point where I just let all my balls fall away and, and go past because I, was just, I did not want to keep playing. But the game wanted me and refused to not let me fucking lose because it just kept giving me balls. Just balls all over the fucking place, man. Here's a ball. There's a ball. Fucking Oprah Winfrey with these fucking balls. And the taxes you got to pay on these free balls is, is, is you still playing the game. So yeah, Shatter bored me. Then last up, we have Missile Command Recharge, which is another one of them recharge games that Atari's been putting out. We've got quite a few of them at this point. I believe we've had an Asteroids one, but there's Black Widow. I don't remember all the ones, man. There have been quite a few, though. And I really, really like Missile Command, so I was super excited for this. And this is by far the worst one of the bunch. I am so fucking disappointed in it, and it's because I'm a huge fan, but what they did with Missile Command Recharge is ruin Missile Command, and you may be asking yourself, how do you Missile Command, how do you ruin Missile Command? You want to know how you, bleh? I can't say ruin, I keep wanting to say, you know how you mewin, you know how you missile, you know how you ruin Missile Command? You take away the limited missile aspect of it. You take away the ammo aspect of it and you set everything to recharges so that you can just spam the fire button and you have to wait a little bit to fire another rocket from each of your three bases, but it's not that long. And then if a base gets destroyed, eh, give it five, 10 seconds, it'll come back and it's like nothing ever happened. And there's a whole 
upgrade mechanic that gives you stronger blasts and allows you to fire faster, allows your missiles to recharge faster so that you can shoot them a lot more frequently. And there are a lot of levels to these and you spend your high score points to increase these so that not only will the game become even easier and less mindful, thoughtful, or you could say more mindless, but it also means the leaderboard is fucking worthless until everyone or enough people have played enough of the game to fully upgrade the thing so that they're all on a level playing field because after 20 minutes of playing the game, there were only 78 people on the leaderboard, but I was number six after 20 minutes, maybe a little less. And you know what that means? That means this game is fucking broken, it's fucking stupid, and they fucking ruin Missile Command. There's a mission section that is more traditional. It'll limit your resources and ask you to complete a level with a limited number of missiles, which is what I fucking want out of my Missile Command. And this is just the perfect example of why these recharge games need to include the original version. I don't know why they don't. They're not selling the original versions on their own. It's clearly not a rights issue because they're making a fucking recharge version of the game. If they are doing it so that they can charge 10 bucks instead of 15 bucks. Sell it as a $5 DLC pack or sell it as like a $10 DLC pack. Original version, $10 DLC or buy the deluxe version for 50% discount, 15 bucks. You get the original version of the real... Like, Hey, give me the fucking original version. I just want to play Missile Command, and you fucking ruined it. Because all you like, I, all you have to do in the new one, and if you're playing on PC with the incredible precise controls of a fucking mouse, of a cursor, there's no challenge to it. Because you just, you just keep fucking spamming. You just keep tap 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 the fire button. And you just move your cursor all around the screen. And you have to think. You don't have to think at all. I mean, you have to think a little bit, but it's not that much. Because you don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to be concerned about, okay, I, I only have so many missiles, so I have to make a count. I have to make sure I can try and line up this shot so that I can take out three of these falling bits. What are what what are they? Are they are are they are you? I don't even. Know what they are in missile command are you firing a missile to destroy other missiles i guess you are but that aspect is gone because you could just spam the fucking shit out of your missiles and like i said as you upgrade it it becomes a lot easier to spam them and the power-ups in the game make it even fucking easier because you have one that gives you super blast so fucking it's so fucking bad i can't believe how bad it is i can't believe Someone said, hey, you know what would make Missile Command great? You know what would make it better? You know what would make it a fun thing to uh, make it new and and fresh? Dude, fucking, I, I, what are you thinking? What were you thinking? Fucking, God damn it, I fucking am so annoyed. Patreon questions. Fuck you, Missile Command, recharge. You're so bad. You're so bad. Let me get this one single question. I remember it roughly by heart, but I want to get it relatively word for word because it's a bit confusingly worded. 
and I'm gonna I'm going to interpret it in my own way. That may or may not be the correct way. So from Jedi, who is an actor you are always excited to see in projects you think are underrated? I think this is an incredibly confusing question, Jedi. I'm not sure what you mean by it. There are a few typos in there too. I think that's what you generally meant. So I'm going to take it as who is an actor I'm always excited to see in a project and whose projects I think are often or who has done many underrated projects. And for me, there are two who come to mind. I think Ethan Hawke is incredibly underrated and underappreciated. I say this because one of the movies he did that I'm not the biggest fan of, but I remember a lot of the reviews being incredibly condescending towards him and dismissive of his uh, chops as an actor. And it was a movie by the name of Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, I think. I think it's a Sidney Lumet movie. It might be his last one, if it is his movie. Also starring Albert Finney and Philip Seymour Hoffman. I forget who the mother was in it, but uh, Marissa Tomei is also in it as the woman who's caught up in this love triangle between the two sons who are played by Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ethan Hawke. And Albert Finney is their father. He owns a jewelry shop and they plan a burglary to get some stolen things and get the insurance money or whatever. I don't remember the exact details. But in the reviews, so many people were complimenting Ethan Hawke on giving it a good shot. Hey, he's not as good of an actor as these other two incredible prestigious actors, but he's holding his own. He's, he's, he's doing a fine job. Good for him. They're just patting him on the head. Patting him on the head. You good boy. Good boy. You're trying and that's all that matters. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I love Ethan Hawke. He's in my favorite film of all time. My favorite trilogy of all time. He's done so much great work. And a lot of underrated, underappreciated movies and shows that just were forgotten or seen by very few first reformed great movie how many people saw it i have no fucking idea predestination fantastic movie fantastic movie regarding time travel and just a great sci-fi movie how many people saw it i've never heard i don't hear anyone talk about it daybreakers vampire movie a bit different also has willem dafoe in it and i don't remember who else is in it but really good movie He's done so much great stuff, and he's great in them. The fucking, it's the the, the purge. I was gonna say it's the first purge, but the first purge is its own movie, which I also think is an underrated action movie. It's it's less horror, but the purge. That's a good movie. I enjoy the purge movies, except election year is a little bit too. Yeah, I know what you're trying to do, but fucking rein it in a bit. All right, all right, buddy. That fucking that. That young teen girl, like, fucking God, you couldn't kill her fast enough. And they didn't kill her fast enough. She was probably eventually killed. I don't know. I know she was just shot in grays and she's like, oh, I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you, Bubba Gump. And I'm like, fucking, just fucking die. God damn it. But she's probably going to kill the other dude first before she dies. And then we're going to get a satisfaction kill. But, uh, 
I really love Ethan Hawke. The Good Lord Bird was fantastic. And I just think he's uh, pretty underappreciated. And then the other one is Colin Farrell. I love Colin Farrell. Ever since In Bruges, I think he's someone who had a bit of a rough patch and had his own little redemption arc that started with In Bruges in the same way that Robert Downey Jr., all the drugs and all that, got his second chance, essentially, or his second life with Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and has since done a lot of great stuff. But I love a lot of what Colin Farrell has done. I'm not going to go too deep into it. But the movie of his, I think, is maybe the most underrated because it is, you could say, a remake of an older movie. But you could also just say it's an alternate take or another take on the source material. And because the original movie is so beloved, rightfully so in some cases, I think it's a bit overrated, but from a special effects standpoint, very, very, very good because it's a Paul Verhoeven. What? I. Paul. Paul. What's the Robocop dude? Well, I'm talking about Total Recall. I think. Colin Farrell's Total Recall is a fantastic movie and 100% without a doubt better than the original, better than uh, Schwarzenegger's Total Recall. I like it so much more. It's not as interesting from a visual standpoint, but I do like the visuals of the 2012 Total Recall. It's got, it's got way more of a minority report vibe to it than a total recall original vibe to it but i really 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 like it a whole hell of a lot and i just i love colin farrell i love in bruges i love seven psychopaths i'm excited for his newest movie with the in bruges writer director the banshees of whatever it's called uh that's has him teaming up with brendan gleason again which is just but yeah, even stuff where the movie's not that great. I enjoy watching him in it. I think he's good in all this stuff, even if the movie's not that great. And sometimes he's able to make a movie that's pretty derivative, worth watching from start to finish. Like London Boulevard is very much so a sort of Tarantino, Guy Ritchie type of movie that isn't as good because the story has some really stupid aspects to it. But it's just fun watching Colin Farrell. You got Karen Knightley. It's, it's, it's a movie that is being held up by its cast and not its material. But uh, yeah, Colin Farrell's great. Colin Farrell is great. And then Lunchbox didn't have a question. He just wanted to say, I missed the deadline or a question, but he will probably read this while recording. So hi. And it's going better than you think it is. And I don't know if you mean just in general or this episode. In either case, I'm going to call you a fucking liar, man. I hope it's going better for you, though. You were angry, and I felt that anger last week in change or whatever. Whenever it started, the anger, the angry lunchbox. But I hope, you, I hope you're doing better. I, I, I meant to text you, but I've just been... As, as we all know, I 
have been it's it's rough man it's been it's been a rough time but uh that is gonna do it for this year episode of the pixelated sausage show once again i'm marcus and as y'all can find me on twitter and pretty much everywhere at px sausage if you'd like to see and find all my links of import you can do so over at pixelated sausage.com slash p x s and if you enjoy this year's show or any of the stuff i do and what have you i am so excited to eventually release the attack the backlog episode of need for speed payback because as bad as that game is i had a lot of fun putting that episode together i did quite a few revisions and, and reworkings of it but i think it's a very fun episode and i think the episode itself you know i don't compliment myself so much i think that episode is more fun than playing the game itself so get excited for that Whenever it comes out in fucking 18 months or some shit. I don't know. But uh, if you do enjoy any of the stuff I do and what have you, you can go over to patreon.com slash PXS and support me that way. Come on. Come on. Just two people. Two people. Two people. Two new people. And I'll get to double digits. And then we can all just have a laugh about it. That is again patreon.com slash PXS. But uh, yeah, that'll do it for this episode. So... Uh, as always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this year episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. So, for now, adios, arrivederci, bye!